What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. 44 represents the NBA logo, Jerry West, so it's a perfect day to talk about the NBA. So today, before uh, Pops and I get started, what we're going to be talking about is the free agency, a couple of trades that have happened over this time. I know that the for the opening day games have just been announced, so that's super exciting. There's also going to be a couple of preseason games, so NBA is definitely getting started with everything. I'm super stoked for it to start because I know I hate not having basketball happening. I know that college basketball has also been a ton of fun to be a part of and watch. Uh, also seeing a couple of my friends play, so it's been awesome. I know that we have been doing very good lately, and so um, I hope all of you guys are doing well, staying safe. So as we get started in this podcast today, before we get to the free agency and trade talks, I do want to talk about a couple of other things. So today it just got announced that Leangelo Ball uh, signed a one-year deal with the Pistons. Um, so that's interesting because now all three Ball brothers are in the NBA, right? You got Lonzo with the Pelicans, LaMelo with the Charlotte Hornets. He went number three in the draft. And then now you have LiAngelo Ball with the Pistons. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, good for that family. They, they're very successful. Um, so that's definitely a huge accomplishment, that's for sure. I also know that my last podcast... By the way, you're going to hear a lot of paper flipping in this um, podcast because I have over like six pages of notes. Um, So be ready to hear a lot of that. Um, So I know in my last podcast, it was about the NBA draft, my mock draft and all that. So um, I ended up being... It was interesting. I was kind of surprised by a couple of the picks that did happen in the NBA. So um, I I think that, yeah, it was interesting. So I'm going to review the top 10 picks that did end up getting drafted really quickly before we do end up getting started. Um, so number one to the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards went there. So I was not expecting that, but Pops ended up getting that one right. Unfortunately, I, I'm not sure I believe in him. Uh, but hey that's me um and then the warriors picked james wiseman i think everybody almost everybody except expected him to go number two i don't like that pick either (laughs) number three the hornets as i said Lamelo ball i did like that pick i'm on record (laughs) as saying that the first two picks yeah so that's anthony edwards and then james wiseman neither one of them will ever make an all-NBA team, ever. Pop stands very firm with that statement. Um, And then for number four, the Bulls, they ended up picking Patrick Williams. And when Pops told me about him, I was like, I was kind of surprised how early he got picked. But um, yeah, I I thought Obi Toppin was gonna go number four, but obviously that didn't end up happening. So I can't say that I thought Williams was gonna go that high, but I know that he was one of the fastest risers um, he was climbing up the draft boards, and usually every year you have a player that does jump up the boards, um, and not just NBA, pretty much all drafts, all sports, is because you get a player that fits the um, the the profile, right? So like he's got the the measurements, he's got the vertical jump, the, the people fall in love with their bodies, um, 
and in this case that was that was Mr. Williams this year. So, you know, number four overall. I don't know about that, but you know, we'll see what he does. Yes. And then number five to the Cavs to the Cavs is Isaac Okoro. That was another interesting one. Uh, number six to the Hawks was Onyeka Okongwu. I got one right. Well, my second one right. Um, I actually was expecting him to go number six as well as Pops. So I really like this kid. I, I think he's going to be great. I think he comes from a good family. Um, Definitely. And I, I think he has a very, kind of like a Koro, you know, obviously defensive-minded. But I really like this guy. I, I think he... He might end up being he of the guys picked ahead of him. I think he's got the second highest probability of, of making an All NBA first, second, or third oh, team wow. at some point in his career. That's my personal opinion. I think he fits in very well with the Hawks, especially with them. They have the strong center in Clint Capella, but they don't really have any like extremely strong forward so that's why I explained that in the last podcast if you didn't listen to number 43 that I thought Onyeke would fit in well okay number seven to the Pistons we had Killian Hayes go there hopefully I said that correctly (laughs) I think that's a little too soon I agree with that as well number eight to the Knicks was Obi Toppin the kid that I thought was going to go number four obviously dropped four spots I was kind of surprised with how low he went uh, number nine to the Wizards was Denny Abdija. Uh, I a lot of people were expecting him to go number four or five, so I was kind of surprised when he went number nine. I expected him to go higher, actually. From a pure value standpoint, getting him at nine was pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think I I feel like he might fit in well with the Wizards. I'm not sure what John Wall with the John Wall situation because I know he said he wanted to get out of. Uh, Washington, but we'll see how that ends up happening. And number 10 to the Suns ended up being Jalen Smith. I was kind of surprised with that pick, but... Um, I was too, um, but I, I do have faith in uh, the general manager, James Jones, and Coach Monty Williams. Um, and, you know, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt, because look at last year, right? They took Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. And he was someone that most people thought was a bit of a reach. Um, but it ends up fitting exactly what the Suns do. Uh, I do say, obviously, I've, I've never talked to their uh, their new pick, but I can say that uh, the Suns definitely go after a high-character, positive mindset, hard-working people, and I know uh, Mr. Smith fits that profile. So you Especially know, coming from Maryland, when they, they weren't like a – uh, an extremely well-rounded team overall but he was like he was he's always like he's respected i should say that yeah <laughs> so uh, i think we have to grade this one as to be determined right because at the end of the day the one person that most people thought was going to be picked by now that we haven't mentioned is uh, mr halliburton that exactly. goes uh in another pick or so so you know whether we love it or not at the end of the day um this is going to be something we're going to look back five years from now and be like, okay. Uh, but at the end of the day, most people think that the Suns, you know, were likely to be going elsewhere. But they got their guy, and I have every reason to believe that they know what they're doing. So, good work. Yes, they do. Okay, so now I'm going to get into some of the free agency that has happened over this time. I know day one was definitely hectic. 
Um, so I was, I'm always surprised when I see all these all these players signing to like completely different teams, even sometimes their rivals. Um, so that was interesting. I know that today uh, LeBron is returning back to the Los Angeles Lakers for two more years. He got an $85 million deal, which is absolutely unbelievable. But at least we have LeBron for another two years, right? Because I'm a Lakers fan. So <laughs> I saw that came out earlier today. So I'm going to name some of the bigger names, or if you guys pay attention to ESPN, they put out an article saying some of the top free agents that, sh like, their signings this year. Um, so one of them, as I was talking about ro uh, rivals, is Montrezl Harrell. He signed to the Lakers for a two-year, I think this is $14 million deal. Pops, I, I like that pick. I've always been a fan of Harrell coming off of the bench for the Clippers as well. And I think that for the Lakers in losing Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, I feel like they they kind of have a step up with Harrell. Yeah, opinion. I mean, I hear you. Um, I know that Harrell lost a, some value and credibility for how he performed in the, um, in the bubble. And he really struggled, but yeah, he did. What I obviously you write a, a pick and roll guy, um, but more than anything for me, it's his energy that he brings. And this next season uh, that's about to start is going to be a trying one because there's going to be a lot of stuff. Obviously, COVID is still a, unfortunately a thing, um, but you need, I, and I think we can see this with the Lakers with what they brought in. Um, you need high energy people to to get through this this next season and and Harold is someone that in in some ways kind of like uh man sorry to be drawing a blank here but <laughs> they, one of the the Morris uh Marcus Morris Marcus Morris you know he's kind of known as like a alpha super tough you know competitive and I think Harold brings a lot of that to the Lakers so that I think that's going to be important um and he should be motivated after how he performed in the bubble so I, I do also agree. really like that pickup. I, I think they kind of like a buy-low situation. Yes, I totally agree with you, Pops. Another one is um, Jordan Clarkson. He was returning to the Jazz. He had a four-year four year $52 million deal. Personally, I've always been a fan of Jordan Clarkson, but he's definitely helped the Jazz, at least last year when they were playing. Uh, so he definitely stepped up. Another big one, Gordon Dragic is returning to the Heat for a two-year, $37.4 million deal. Um, it's crazy talking about all this money because it's like so much. Um, but I think for uh, Dragic, he's definitely a must-need for the Heat, and you could see it when the Heat and the Lakers played in the finals this last year, which it should be last year, but um, this last season, uh, they definitely missed him. So... Another one was Daniello Gallinari. He went to the Hawks for a three-year, $61.5 million deal. Personally, I feel that Gallinari is overrated. I've never been a fan of him. Yes, he does put up numbers, but he's an interesting player overall. Uh, right, Pops? I feel like he's like, I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to, but he's like interesting. Who are we talking about? Gallinari. Yeah, no, I mean, he can shoot the ball and... Uh... He can definitely he, shoot the ball. <laughs> he can space the floor because of his ability to shoot the ball. Um, I can't say that he's like a crazy winner because I agree. he hasn't won yet. But he can shoot the ball if we haven't mentioned that already. 
And that seems to be paramount in today's NBA. So, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I'm okay with it. I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not some big thing that I, I love. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, another one is Joe Harris. He is returning to the Nets. He has a five-year, $75 million deal. Personally, I like Joe Harris. He's definitely a great shooter and and can attack the basket. For the Nets, though, I think it's really hard for him this year. I feel like it's hard for any Nets players this year playing for them because you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, a very ball-dominant players. So I feel like really anybody there, they're kind of put in a tough situation. How many years? How much? A five-year deal. For how much? $75 million. We're talking I, about Joe Harris? Joe Harris. I think that he could have gotten a better deal. A better but. deal? <laughs> he. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure either. I think the only one that's got a better deal than that is Gordon Hayward. <laughs> We're going to get to him in just a couple minutes. Um, another one is Dwight Howard. He signed to the 76ers for a one-year $2.6 million deal. Um, I was actually kind of surprised with him going to the Sixers. I I wasn't sure if he was going to return to L.A. or not. I expected he was because he obviously won a ring. But um, I was surprised by that one. I uh, I wish him all the best in Philly. I, As a Laker guy, I, I really appreciate what he did in helping the Lakers. And he was definitely, he played a role in yeah, he um, did. You know, maybe a little bit of maturity, which is kind of weird going to L.A. But um <laughs> Honestly, I, I think that I really appreciate what he did for the Lakers. Yes. Um, another one that people said was one of the biggest free agents this year uh, was Christian Wood. He signed to the Rockets for a three-year, $41 million deal. So, like, he 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 was a really good player, right? He was with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he played a big role there. And he's so young, too, so I feel like with the Rockets getting him, he also has a lot of room to grow. And Clint Capella, obviously, because the Rockets were super small this last year in losing Clint Capella, and they also lost another forward. I can't think of his name right now. Um, but they need, they definitely need that size, so I think that Christian Wood is a big pickup for them. I think he's a big pickup, too. I think he's under the radar, and he's also young, so those are usually the people I like to target. Because, you know, I, I've been a GM in the NBA so many times. Yeah, right. But the point is, <laughs> I follow this stuff pretty closely. Um, sorry, I'm eating <laughs> for all of you listeners. But I want to say, Christian Wood it kind of is like, for me, kind of like a John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Um, and Wood has a lot of potential. He's barely scratched the surface of what he's capable of. Um, I think this, I know this is considered like a top five pickup and deal but I think it's even better than that I think it's like a top two or three pickup and you know I know Westbrook and Harden won out supposedly and they might try to force it but dude, I think Christian Wood's a really good player and and I think the best situations for both Harden and Westbrook are right where they currently are the grass is always greener on the other side yep definitely I'm still not sure what's going to happen with Harden like it was a big thing for two days and now it just like disappeared so um, another one was Hassan Whiteside. He signed a one-year deal with the Kings. I was actually very surprised with that because I, I was expecting Portland 
uh, to do something to keep him because because he played a big factor for Portland in being a very good big. Yeah, he started off coming off the bench, but then he turned into a strong starter, so I was surprised by that. Um, another huge one that happened was Bogdan Bogdanovich signing with the Hawks, um, a four-year, $72 million deal. Uh, Bogdan is definitely a very strong player, and... Pops, wasn't he getting traded to the Bucks, and then like in that uh, big deal or whatever? Yeah. Which I'll get to it that afterwards. But like, and then they didn't match what the Hawks were gonna give him. So like, he kind of it was kind of hectic there for a day or so for him because like he went to like three different teams in a span of one day. He did. Um, I like him too. Another shooter. But I'm kind of confused to everything. But you know, honestly, Atlanta, I kind of, I kind of like what they got going on down there. I agree with you. All they need to, is uh, to complete everything is they just need to pick up Sweet Lou Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then the biggest uh, signing of them all was Gordon Hayward. He signed to the Hornets a four-year, hundred twenty million dollar max deal. So personally. I was a fan of Gordon Hayward when he was with the Utah Jazz. Um, I had a lot of respect for him, and I still do. Um, but when he got injured for, I think it was his first game in Boston. Um, first off, that was a horrible injury. I remember um, watching him in a game. I remember watching it live and that happening. That was just, ugh. That was gross, honestly. But, um... Since then, he really hasn't done much. He's had a couple of 20-point games, but really that's it. I don't feel that he is that strong of a player to sign a $120 million deal. Um, so personally, I don't like that pickup. Uh, Pops, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, he's also going to be teamed up with Lamella Ball, so I'm interested to see how that duo works out because they're kind of, like, odd. <laughs> yeah, you know... Um... Props to Gordon for getting paid. That's that's what is most important here. Um, what's also important to notice is this is absolutely what what Michael Jordan does. That's why most people think he's not a great, very good owner. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I kind of agree with him. So um, yeah, you know, I think it's a terrible, terrible amount of money to pay. If I'm looking at it from a Hornets fan, you're almost paying a max value to someone who has injury concerns, is getting older, and it's not like Gordon Hayward was a first-team All-NBA player to begin with. So honestly, I don't know. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess Gordon Hayward has pictures of Michael Jordan somewhere on his phone or something. I don't know what's going <laughs> on there, but uh, you know, I don't like it. I also know that De'Aaron Fox re-signed with the Kings. He got a five-year, $163 million deal. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, he's he's a great player. Um, I think that the Kings, I think that he got what he deserved for that one. I also know that Donovan Mitchell signed also, he re-signed with the Jazz. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact five-year, $163 million deal. So good for them because they're both also super young. So Right. They're, they're definitely going to improve and, yeah. So, oh, and Pops, I can't forget one of your favorite players, Patrick Connington, as we call him, re-signed with the Bucks for a two-year, $8.3 million deal. Yeah, no, I like him. He's underrated, criminally. Uh, he's going to have to do a little bit better this year, though. Yeah, he's going to have to learn is. how to shoot even more because 
think the Bucks maybe missed out on a couple opportunities. Did you mention uh, Drew Holiday? I was just going to get to that one. Okay, go ahead. So um, now moving on to the trades that have happened. So you guys have to make sure you're listening to this one because there's a four there's a four team trade that happened with the Milwaukee Bucks, the New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Denver Nuggets. So this is going to be kind of confusing, but I'll be able to explain it. So the Milwaukee Bucks in this four trade deal ended up getting shooting guard Drew Holiday, which is like the biggest star in this deal. Also, uh, the the pick Sam Merrill, I think is Sam Merrill. Yeah, Sam Merrill. Um, the Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans, they got point guard Eric Bledsoe and the center Stephen Adams, as well as the 2024 first round swap rights from the Bucks. 2025 Bucks first round pick unprotected, the 2026 first round swap rights from the Bucks, and the 2027 Bucks first round pick, which is also unprotected. Oh, and the 2027 pick that's unprotected. And they also, then the Denver Nuggets got shooting guard RJ Hampton from the um, draft, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder. Got point guard George Hill, small forward Darius Miller, uh, guard Josh Gray, small forward Kenrich Williams, and shoot small forward Zylan Zylan Cheeham Chatham, um, and then as well as a couple of second round picks. That's a lot. I think that um, I always get confused sometimes in these four four team trades, so I had to explain it as best as I could. Pops, who do you think the winning team here is in this trade? I feel like it's tough to say because there's so many picks involved with it. So, I don't know. I don't think it's not the Milwaukee Bucks. I totally agree with you because I feel like Drew Holiday is a very good player. I respect him. He's always been good for the Pelicans. But I feel like in giving up, like, Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe was a very strong and, like, needed piece for the Bucks. Um, I understand that in, to get Drew Holiday, you were probably going to have to give him up. Um, I would have personally – actually, never mind. I think the, <laughs> the biggest thing there is for the Bucks, right, I mean, they didn't trust Bledsoe in the playoffs. No, they you know? didn't. And so they had to do something. So that was the piece that was going to go, kind of like what you just said. So, you know, I know that you've been lucky. You and your sister have been lucky enough to meet Drew Holiday. Now, that doesn't really mean much as it relates to, like, <laughs> like we have any insight here. But, <laughs> I mean, he can play defense maybe just a little bit better than Bledsoe. But Bledsoe was a heck of a defender. But it really comes down to is can, in the playoffs – can Holiday shoot the ball better than Bledsoe? Bledsoe we shot the ball really badly, yeah. but we really haven't seen Holiday at that level no. either uh, to, to know. So I think that's part of the reason. I think there's a lot of question marks there, considering most people would say that the Pelican, I'm sorry, the uh, the Bucks got the centerpiece, the, the best player overall. I think there's a lot of questions there. You know, I agree with you. I think that the Thunder got the most out of the trade. 100%. Um, with all the different smaller pieces that they got. I think that the Nuggets might have gotten the least out of it because they gave up a couple of smaller named players for, I don't remember what pick RJ Hampton was, but for a rookie. 
Um, personally, I think that the Pelicans got the best out of this trade in getting Eric Bledsoe, Steven Adams, and then what is it? One, two, three, four different draft, uh, first round draft picks. Um, and so I, I personally feel like the Pelicans are doing a very great job. I think that in the next couple of years, they're definitely going to be like final contentions, like finals contentions. But right now, they're just such a brand new team. Also, um, last year, they were super brand new. Um, I feel like if you guys have listened to our WNBA podcast, the Pelicans and the New York Liberty both relate in like having a brand new teams. Yeah, so I think for me to kind of recap and just my overall thoughts here is in today's professional sports, you either want to be really good or really bad. (laughs) You don't want to be in the middle because if you're in the middle, obviously you're not winning. But if you're also in the middle, you aren't getting the top picks, top draft picks because you're in the middle. The worse you are for the most part, um, the higher your draft pick's going to be, so then you may have a chance of drafting an impact player. So, in a lot of cases, that's why I don't understand, going back to the Hornets, about picking up Gordon Hayward and paying him that kind of money. Let's be honest, it's not like like they're going to win the NBA title this year, and they're not going to win it because of the addition of Gordon Hayward. So then why are you paying all that money to just be kind of maybe, sort of, maybe kind of competing for a playoff spot? Um, you know, the Hornets have the fourth worst odds out of any team in the NBA this year to win it all. And so it's like, why even bother? Just be bad. So, and this goes across all sports and it's unfortunate to say that. So again, you either want to be really good or really bad. And that's why I really appreciate the Thunder, the Pelicans, the teams that reload. It's like, they realize I'm not going to win a title this year. So let's just stockpile as many draft picks as possible for down the road. Uh, because there's nothing more important than a first-round draft pick. So, credit the Thunder, credit the Pelicans. They do a really good job of doing that, and that's why, in a few years, that's why they'll be up at the top. It might not be with the roster they have now, but those first-round draft picks, man, that's pure gold. Yes, I agree with you, Pops. And I will get to uh, to this more in a, uh, later in the podcast, but the Hornets only have a 22% chance of making the playoffs this year. I know that um, these win projections and the playoff percentage, uh, the percentage of them making the playoffs just came out, I think, yesterday. And so um, the Hornets have the 31.1 wins projected for them. And then for OKC, like you were saying, Pops, with them getting all those draft picks, this roster definitely isn't that strong. Getting rid of Dennis Schroeder um, as well as Chris Paul, they have less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs this year, which is crazy to say because I would never like put it that low. But, um, yeah. So I did also want to get into a couple more of the trades that did happen, more of like the bigger known trades. So, like, for the Lakers and the Cavaliers, I know that the Lakers got power forward Jordan Bell and small forward Alonzo McKinney. Um, And then the Cavs got center JaVale McGee and a future second-round draft pick. Um, I know that for Pops and I, we've always been a fan of both Jordan Bell and Alfonso McKinney when when they were with the Warriors. And I think that McKinney is, like, secretly a very good small piece and addition to the Lakers. So... I personally like that trade. 
Um, I wasn't really a fan of JaVale McGee, at least when it came to the playoffs uh, for the Lakers. I didn't think that he played a super big role in that. But, um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that one. Um, another one that happened that was bigger, there was a, another three-team trade. Well, there was a couple more. But um, one of them being with the Ma- Dallas Mavericks, Detroit Pistons, and the Oklahoma City Thunder again. So the Dallas Mavericks got power forward James Johnson. The Detroit Pistons got shooting guard DeLon Wright. And Oklahoma City Thunder got small forward Trevor Ariza and small forward Justin Jackson, as well as a 2023 second-round pick. So as Pops was saying, OKC is going to be loaded with draft picks. Um, another three-team trade that happened was the Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trailblazers, and the Boston Celtics. So the Memphis Grizzlies got power forward Mario Hazanja, which Pops has kind of been a fan of him before. Um, number 30 pick, Desmond Bain. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers got center Ennis Cantor. And the Boston Celtics got two 2023 second-round draft picks as well as a 2025 second-round pick. Um, so that's interesting. I also know that Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre Jr. got traded to OKC, but then ended up t- with the Warriors. And um, Oklahoma City Thunder ended up with a couple f- uh, extra first-round draft picks. Um, so I think that OKC is definitely doing a good job. And I think that for the Warriors, especially in losing Clay Thompson for this year, I think that Kelly Oubre is a, uh, actually a pretty good pickup. I do think that he's overrated, but I think that for the Warriors, that's a good one. Um, another one that, Pops, I want you to speak on this one too with, because I know you're fans of both of these players. Um, it was the Philadelphia 76ers and the Dallas Maverick trade. The Philadelphia 76ers got Seth Curry, and the Dallas Mavericks got Josh Josh Richardson and the number 36 pick, Tyler Bay. So I personally feel that the 76ers won this trade because Seth Curry not only has a... He shoots 44.1% from the three-point line, actually, in his career, which is crazy because that's at the top of the list um, for the NBA right now. But I think that Seth Curry is a good player. I think that Josh Richardson is also a good player. So, Pops, what's your um, thoughts about that one? Well, a few. First off, I think Philly, it's obviously a need, right, getting more shooters. That's the reason why they made that trade. They wanted the shooter. Okay. I also understand why Dallas did the deal because I think Josh Richardson is the better overall player. You know, uh, I feel like just a, a season or two ago, Josh Richardson was, like, really, really good. So, I understand both sides. The other angle is, so now you really see just how much Philly prioritizes straight shooting. <laughs> Lastly, I can't help but think, right, so Daryl Morey goes to Philly from from Houston to Philly. I know Houston played against Dallas many times and they got you know had Seth Curry shooting um (laughs) and then I also know by having Doc Rivers now in Philly he happens to know Seth Curry really well because that's his son-in-law so that's obviously an interesting dynamic there um but at least now Paul George isn't in the mix there between (laughs) Paul George and Seth Curry well not yet not yet that's true good point so 
I understand the trade from all sides. I think it just really shows what Philly really cares most about. So that might hurt them, in my opinion, from a leverage standpoint in future deals as it relates to shooters. So those are my thoughts. I also think they need a shooter in uh, because you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who are always attacking the basket. So I do understand that pick for or that trade for the 76ers. Um, another three-team trade that happened was the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the LA Clippers, and the Detroit Pistons. So the Brooklyn Nets got Landry Shamit, the Clippers got Luke Kennard and Justin Patton and um, a bunch of second round draft picks, which I'm not gonna name them all because there's too many. Um, and then the Detroit Pistons got Rodney McGruder and the number 19 pick, Sadiq Bay. There's a lot of bays in the draft, aren't there? Kinda is. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Sadiq Bay ends up being. I respect where he came out of in, in, in the Big East Villanova, so they produce really good players and hard-nosed players. So I, I happen to think he's gonna be um, a better than average player at where he was picked in the first round so um but the other side is I, i'm a luke Kennard fan yes i you have are. been from day one so um i i, I like what right the clippers what yes. they got out of that um just because if we're talking about pure shooters Kennard's someone who's still relatively young and he can definitely shoot the three so i i like what the clippers got out of that I, I agree with you. I think that the Clippers definitely won that trade. I also know that Ricky Rubio ended up with the Timberwolves. I personally don't really understand the trade that did happen with that, um, but I do know that he was a key piece that key piece that ended up with the Timberwolves. So he'll be with Carl Anthony Towns and as well as the number one pick in Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. So that'll be an interesting starting five. Starting five. I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to end up doing. You know, Ricky Rubio knows Minnesota. He's been with them before. So, you know, he knows what's going, you know, he knows the city at least very well. He'll be comfortable there. Kind of feel bad for him because, yeah. you know, in the past two and a half months, he's been on three NBA teams. So <laughs> I think even, I think he's going to have a hard time unpacking. So, you know, just because who's to say he doesn't get traded again. Um, kind of like Bogdan Vodanovich being in three teams in right. like two days. Right. So, I mean, I know he's there for the veteran leadership and to help the younger players be, and uh, mentor them. And I think he'll do a good job of it. I think that Ricky Rubio is someone that's kind of uh, underrated as far as most people think that he's just not very good. Um, but he's got nothing but accomplishments. And he, I know he helped the Suns the last, the last, you know, his in his most recent season. So Yes, he did. Yes, he definitely did. So another trade that ended up happening was the the Philadelphia 76ers and what a shocker, Oklahoma City Thunder again. Um, so in this trade, it was kind of interesting. Oklahoma City Thunder ended up getting Al Horford rights to, I'm not even going to try to pronounce, pronounce this guy's name, but V. Michich, um, number 34 picked Theo Maladin and a 2025 first round pick. The 76ers ended up getting Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. So, personally, I feel like this was a decent trade overall. I think that Oklahoma City Thunder won this trade again. Oklahoma City Thunder, they keep winning these trades. The reason why I feel like they won this trade is because they get a 2025 first-round pick. And I know that in the 2025 draft class, there's are, there are multiple strong players in that case. 
Um, so personally, I feel that OKC won this trade. I I like Terrence Ferguson as a player, and I always have. Um, so I'm interested to see what he'll do with the 76ers. And as Pop said, how Philly likes to target the shooters. Uh, Danny Green is definitely another shooter. Um, coming from LA, he did he did shoot a lot, but he was very consistent. Um, so that shows again that Philly is going for the shooters. Um, another one, another trade that happened was the Portland Trailblazers and the Houston Rockets. I know that this was this was an interesting one because it involved Robert Covington and he went to the Portland Trailblazers, um, and then the Rockets got Trevor Ariza and number sixteen Isaiah Stewart and a protected 2021 first-round draft pick. Personally, I feel like the Rockets won this trade not only because they got two extra players, uh, but they also got a first-round draft pick. And as Pop says, those first-rounders are key. Especially in 2021. Yeah. Next year's draft. I know you mentioned 25. First of all, I think it's kind of hard to know who's going to be good and that That's far away. But I know this next draft class is unbelievably loaded. Um, and right? So that's going to... There's more value there. Now, uh, Rocco, he's another player that's usually pretty underrated. Typical 3 and D specialist. And you know, there's some there's some moves that Portland made that I'm a big fan of. And I think once you transition out of going through all the trades, you know, and figure out you know, who really got better, who who's 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 the teams. And I think Portland's really flying under the radar as they head into next season. You know, the emergence of Gary Trent Jr. Uh, is a big piece for them. Um, they were injured a lot last year, so they're going to have come, but they still have a lot of similar pieces. Uh, and then having Robert Covington there, I think fits really, really well. Kind of fits the, the Mo Harkless, Al uh, Fred Aminu. Um, I really like Portland. I agree with you. Um, especially, I know that Carmelo Anthony is also returning there. To returning there, I feel like I think it was another year. Uh, not 100% certain on that one. Um, and then another one of the biggest talks of the talks trade was the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, the Phoenix Suns got Chris Paul and Abdel Nadar. And Oklahoma City Thunder got all these players but ended up trading almost all of them. Um, so they got Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and Jalen Lique, um, as well as a 2022 first-round draft pick. So this was definitely a big trade because for OKC, they were able to get these players, but then trade them and get also a bunch of smaller pieces. Um, so again, I'll say it again, that OKC is definitely doing a very good job with their team and the future. Um, so that's really all that I have for the NBA trades uh, right now. Pops, do you have any last words before I move on? Uh, no, I mean... You know, I'm excited to see Chris Paul play. Um, I respect him, and he's a winner. Um, I really, really loved what he did for the Thunder this past season. So if he can have that kind of impact on Phoenix, then I totally understand why Phoenix did what they did. I think, you know, literally on the day that we're doing this, there was reports of how competitive and feisty the practices have been between Chris Paul with Devin Booker. Yeah. And... Um, I think that's really good. Everyone keeps talking about the matchup between with Booker and Chris Paul, but you know, most of the time when Chris Paul plays on a team, he actually helps out the the center too. So DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, 
he's someone that kind of gets slept on a little bit. Um, I think he's going to be in for a productive year. So, you know, Phoenix was the talk of the bubble. I know they dominated some of our podcast talk, and rightfully so. Um, and if, you, if you're looking at from an odds perspective, right, I mean, most people would say that they're going to they, – they're a playoff team now, and it's been a long time since Phoenix could say that. So, um, you know, I, I thought they gave up a couple of pieces, but some, that's what you got to do sometimes. Um, Jalen Luque, I, I'm ex- I really believe in him. I think he's an amazing athlete, um, and he's still super young. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, right. The Suns have a 62% chance in making the playoffs this year, which I think is the highest it's been in the last couple of years. Uh, I would say so. more than like more than like 10 or 12, <laughs> 10 or 12 years. Yeah. Um, oh, and I forgot one more trade that did happen. The uh, Los Angeles Lakers and Oklahoma City Thunder again. Uh, so the Los Angeles Lakers ended up getting Dennis Schroeder and OKC got Danny Green and the number 28 pick, which they were able to trade away Danny Green and get uh, smaller pieces again. Um, so I know that there's a big question, or at least there was a big question going on uh, two days ago, at least when the free agency, the trades and all that was still super hot on which teams got better and which teams got worse. And the two main teams they were talking about were the L.A. teams, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers. Which, did they get better or did they get worse? I'm going to say my thoughts first and then pass it on to you, Pops, because I'm interested to hear what you have to say as well. So for the Los Angeles Lakers, did they get better or worse? Personally, I feel like they got better in adding Dennis Schroeder. I feel like that's a big key because I'm pretty confident they lost Rajon Rondo, correct? Yep. Um, And getting rid of Danny Green. They definitely made some movements this year, um, especially with them winning a ring. Uh, this this last season and they're they're adding a, a decent amount of new players to the team um, so I was kind of shocked by that but I feel like the key p- people that they did add were very good for them um, so I personally think that the late Los Angeles Lakers got better now the Los Angeles Clippers people a lot of people it's like 50 50 they're on the fence about this one personally I feel like the Los Angeles Clippers got worse this season um, I know that there was a report going out. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it's something uh, today how, like, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the locker room, um, like, they got in, like a, like, a fight or something at some point this season. Um, so I'm interested to see. I don't think that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard work very, work very well together. I think that they're an interesting duo, and they're both very, very good players, but... Um, uh, especially with them, they lost, uh, I believe it was the third round in the um, playoffs, and people were expecting them to be a finals team, a championship team. They lost the game like 103-88 to to the Denver Nuggets. Um, so in that case, I think that I just don't think that the Clippers really improved, um, and I don't think that they... I don't know. I feel like that they're just not going to do as well this season as people are expecting them to be. Okay. Pops? So I definitely feel like the Clippers got worse. Definitely got worse. And I am certain that the Lakers got better. Okay. So we agree there. (laughs) Everyone's talking, rightfully so, about Harold and Schroeder. I get it. But then we're also not talking about two other players that I think are going to end up having 
just as much value. Okay. Wesley Matthews. Yes. Mark Gasol. Pops was a big trade. A uh, big. Uh, Pops made a very big deal when Mark Gasol signed with the Lakers. He was very. It was interesting. I I like hearing his logic about this. I like what the Lakers did. Gasol was originally drafted by the Lakers. They've had his brother Pau. Gasol plays great defense. Okay, so that's his stand along. He's also a really good passer. He okay. played very well at and and I think he was Toronto. with Memphis. Oh no, he was with Toronto, Toronto Memphis. and Memphis. They, he played very well the last right. two seasons. Wesley Matthews Sh- shoots three pointers very very well. Defends really well. Dennis Schroeder points. Harrell, energy, pick and rolls. Dunks. Each addition that the Lakers brought in, each one of these players does one specific thing really, really, really well. So they really focused in on the specialization standpoint, and I strongly believe they got better. Horton Tucker, he's going to be another uh, year older. Taylor Horton He's going to do a really good job this year. Honestly, I think the Lakers are so deep now. I mean, they, and they brought back Caldwell Pope. Yes. Right? Uh, Markeith Morris is back. I think we said Marcus earlier in the podcast. Yeah. But either way, honestly, there's a name I still haven't even mentioned yet, and it's just based on how deep they are now, which is great, right? Because obviously LeBron's not going to play all the games. It's going to be like a little Kawhi Leonard treatment this year. We haven't even mentioned Kyle Kuzma. You know, so... The Lakers definitely, definitely got better. Or Alex Caruso. I mean, like... Or Caruso. I mean, they're going to be decent this year. Decent? Um, (laughs) I'm already on record. They're going to win the title again. I was just going to ask, are they going to go back-to-back? They are. Okay. Um, I know that for them, they have a very high chance in making the playoffs. It's like 95%, which I think that... what. I don't know. I can't. I think there's a question asked that's way too early. But um, who do you think that the finals matchup will be this year? I I think it's it might be too early to say. But I'll take the Lakers, and I'm gonna surprise you. The Philadelphia 76ers. I had a feeling you were gonna say that. Well, the 76ers, I don't know. They have a, their projected wins this season are 39.4. I already know what Pops likes there. Um, and so we haven't really talked much. What about, what do you think about the Tornado Raptors, as I call them? Because I know that you've been high on them the last two years when they won the title, and then this year you said that they were going to surprise people after losing Kawhi, and they definitely did. Um, so what are your thoughts there? I think that I would have them below the following teams. The Sixers, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat. So at best, that puts them at five. Now I know for those of you that are still listening, what about the Brooklyn Nets? (laughs) Yeah, I know I haven't mentioned the Nets yet. There's a reason for that. (laughs) I'd have Tornado at five and then I'd have Brooklyn at six. So honestly, I think this is a throwaway year. If Giannis doesn't sign that Supermax, I think Toronto's just going to wait a year and try to get him. Um, I know they brought back Fred Van Fleet. That was a lot of money. So a ton of money. Honestly, I'm officially off the Raptors bandwagon. Okay, then. 
Um, and then where do you think that the Hawks are going to finish? Because I know that I, I definitely think that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I feel like they're very strong. Also, you have Trey Young, John Collins, uh, Clint Capella, uh, the rookie Onyeka Okongwu, and Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I feel like they're also going to be very strong this year, and I think that Trey Young, he was a very, he's actually been a very strong leader considering what they've had. I do, I do think that they're a playoff team. I think they're battling with Indiana, right? Yeah. Um, I think they're battling. You know, some people think Washington's going to be a little bit better this year. Um, I don't see that. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy as the Hawks as a playoff team. Okay. Interesting. Well, um, I personally think that... Okay, by the way, we are not disrespecting the Brooklyn Nets. We're saying that they're just going to be overrated this year because they have two stars that are both ball-dominant. They're not really used to working with other stars, except for Kevin Durant with being with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That, that was an unbelievable team. Um, but I just don't feel that they're going to be like good together because everywhere that Kyrie goes, uh, people call it like a chemistry problem. And with Kevin Durant, sometimes he's had a couple of chemistry problems as well. So I believe it to be like another, maybe even like a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard type of situation. Um, I could see that. And you don't even mention like the other Brooklyn Nets when it comes down to like Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris. Uh, I believe you still have Karis LeVert as well. Um, so, I mean, like, it's going to be tough for the Brooklyn Nets this year. I like that Steve Nash as a coach, um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to finish. I know that on opening day they are playing against the Warriors, um, so that'll be interesting because Kevin Durant and the Warriors <laughs> already. Um, so, and then you also have the Lakers and the Clippers playing each other on opening day. So it's going to be interesting. I'm very excited for the NBA to start back up. Can't wait. It's only a few weeks away. Less than a couple of weeks, actually. Um, so, really, that wraps up what I was going to talk about. Pops, do you have any final thoughts or things you would like to say? No, I mean, I appreciate you as always following along and along on Tatiana's journey. Uh, she works really hard, and, um, you know, I'd love for her to do more podcasts. That's something that we keep talking about, but, you know, she's trying to balance a lot of different things, and you know, there's a lot of exciting things going on for her, um, and I'm really proud of her. I appreciate, you know, you guys listening in, and I support her podcast 100%. So, hope you guys are all staying safe. Hope you're having a great holiday year, and I hope that Tatiana is uh, back at you guys very, very, very soon with more podcasts. Yes, I definitely will be, and I can't believe that we're 44 podcasts in. It's pretty crazy. The Jerry West NBA logo number. I had to make it NBA if it was number 44, right? So uh, I appreciate everybody joining in today. I hope, again, everybody's staying safe. I know that uh, COVID's going up in some uh, states as well right now. So please, everybody, stay safe. Thanks again for tuning in. And that wraps up episode 44 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.